there. My name is Tom Chick, and you are listening to the Quarter to Three movie podcast for Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunters. <laughs> I am here with Christian Milrensky. My last name is pronounced for the last time, Mirid. Wait. That's next week's podcast. And with tagline for this week's podcast and this week's movie, Kelly Wand. 3D so real, you'll feel like you're back in 1865. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Kelly Wand. Uh, You never thanked me before. Did you see it in 3D? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. What? (laughs) I need Uh, that. Well, let's get what into What was that. the name of that 3D movie from last year where the aliens were invisible? And I was all, dude, they're trying to show off how awesome invisibility oh, looks right. in 3D. And you got mad at me for ruining that. Oh, now I know they're invisible. Right. Fuck. The writer of uh, Prometheus, Jonathan Spates, I think that's his name, uh, that was Darkest Hour. Oh. And so, Kelly One, you don't understand the whole point of not watching a trailer. It's so that you know <laughs> nothing about a movie. No, so in that case, I didn't regret it one bit. Well, I did not know going into that movie, except for you telling me that there were invisible aliens. Uh, (laughs) That was the twist that you hated me for ruining. But wouldn't that, I mean, even the poster, it's just a blank poster, that gives it away, right? Uh, I could not tell you what was on the poster, but I don't think the The poster... The darkest hour. How many posters show the alien, though? Like, did the poster for uh, Battle L.A. show the alien? No, it did the movie. Yes, it did. Of course, it no, it did. didn't. No. Did poster for battle? Did the poster for Battleship show the alien? No. And no. were they invisible? No. I rest my case. I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> Let's talk about Abraham Lincoln, oh, Vampire yeah. Hunter. Dingus, what is this movie that we saw this week? Tell us a bit about it. All right, this week we saw Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Mm. 2012 American action historical fantasy horror movie. <laughs> That is pretty much synopsized in its title. So look at that again. It was directed by Timur Bekmambetov. And Come on, by... do that with a little more fluidity, Dingus. I know you can do it. Let it roll off your tongue. Sorry, Timur Bekmambetov. <laughs> Bekmambetov. I apologize. Uh, and written by Seth Graham Smith, based on his novel of the same name. Novel? Yeah. It stars Benjamin Walker, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Dominic Cooper, Anthony Mackie, and that's all. Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, is rated R Mm. for violence throughout and brief sexuality. Um, huh, okay. Oh, yeah, the bathtub. Yeah, there you go. It's brief. Get it? Bathtub? Wait, well, okay, we'll get in a second. Let's see. Oh, yeah, so Dingus, okay, good. Uh, my turn. Uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter opened at number three this weekend. Uh, it pretty much tanked. It made $16.5 million. It was beaten by uh, uh, Madagascar and uh, something else that opened this week. Uh, we'll get into that next week. Uh, it, it On Metacritic, which gauges the average rating from reviews that give ratings, it is at 40. Mm-hmm. On Rotten Tomatoes, 37% of all uh, tracked reviews are positive. Basically, one in three reviewers liked this movie. All right. Oh, so that's going to happen here. <laughs> well, let's find out. Or we'll all like a third of it. 
Uh, let's uh, let's first get into before we get into spoilers. No, actually, let's now get into spoilers. So if you have not seen Abraham Lincoln, Vamp- hey. oh yes, yes. Aren't you going to like summarize what we've learned from the percentiles? We have learned that Madagascar Three is going strong. That, that America loves animated movies because Brave is number one. Uh, Madagascar, uh, so uh, it's rated R. So that, of course, is going to impact Madagascar. Is uh, Vampire Hunter Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Oh. Uh, so America loves non history. America doesn't love history. We we kind of knew that. Uh, and it doesn't. If there's vampires, that doesn't help America love history. Apparently. <laughs> Why, if they, if America doesn't love history, why are all of its holidays history themed, Mister? Name uh, because you can't like have Halloween. a holiday without some sort of history. You can't just have, hey, we're going to. All invent- right, all right. <laughs> and all of those holidays are false history. True. Yeah. It's, or it's not real history. Speaking of fostery, yeah, let's have disaster. <laughs> let's see if Kelly Wand can help me enjoy this movie by reminding me things that happened in it. I don't like when I know that you didn't like it too early. You don't know that. You do not know that. Uh, you already sound bored. No, I don't even want to hear the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do want to hear the synopsis. I mean, this is a movie that, as I'm sitting there waiting for it to end, the only, the only salvation for me is, well, I hope Kelly Wand is going to have a good time, because I'm sure not. <laughs> oh, that's how you think of it? You think of it as, you're, you care about my welfare, not, I hope the synopsis doesn't suck. I hope Kelly's happy. No, I, I think of it as this is this is probably going to be because there's this odd sort of trade off between the quality of the movie and right. the enjoyability of the synopsis. This is a movie tailor made for you to synoptize, I believe. But then the ones that are kind of too similar to already being an opsis, it's like not as exciting because then you go, oh, Moonrise Kingdom. How could the synopsis be good for that? And well, like I said, yeah, there's a, there's a there's a sort of an inverse relationship between the quality of the movie and the synopsis. So no one cares. No, believe me, believe me. When I see certain scenes in a movie, and I think if I could just hear Kelly Wand reading the scene to me, um, my I, I get a little happy, and that makes me I enjoy wish, the scene more. You know who I wish said that? Abe Lincoln. What did Abe Lincoln say in this movie? Oh uh, yeah. Aren't? <laughs> Forget what he didn't say. Let's find out. And oh, by the way, Time Magazine referred to this movie. This made me think of Dingus's uh, genre writing as a fanciful biopic, without quotes around it. Like that's really what they think it was. Abraham Lincoln, vampire hunts mopsus. Mm. See, I didn't even need to retype the last part from last week. Sweet, eh? Ah, right, yes, exactly. A little tie in. Nice, Kelly Wan. It's both movie titles in with Huntsmer. <laughs> <laughs> no one's too stupid to be on the internet. That's its improvement over the telegraph. The way 3D is an improvement over real movies. The place, 1865, the time America, the president, Abraham Lincoln, the journal he's writing shit in, his. <clears throat> Dear Henry, I'm running late for the theater, but since I had only one page left in this journal anyway, I figured I'd just dash this off and hand it to you on my way out like I'm never going to see you again. (laughs) I know, I know, going to the theater is not as risky as taking on an army of vampires on the back of a train speeding over a wooden suspension bridge that's on fire, but you never know. Hey, listen, bro, serious lols. Thanks for teaching me how to kill vampires with an axe, (laughs) i.e. by swinging it at them. 
and also how to catch a 600-pound stallion that's just been hurled at my face in the middle of a CG stampede. <laughs> at the time, I was all, wait, what? Catch a horse mane while I'm twirling my axe like a baton? But it did actually prove useful that one time. Anyway, I'm super excited about finally seeing this play. As you know, I missed the last part of it Saturday because of Ulysses S. Grant's bachelor party, and I can't wait to see how it ends. Someone told me the female lead zips the robot's head into her purse and flies off. And you know, that, that sounds really intriguing. Probably take four score and seven plays to tell a story that awesome. Please feel free to open and read this in melancholy voiceover the second I drive off. Gotta go, Mary's shrieking at me. Sometimes I wish someone would just put me out of my misery. Heart, late Spraham Lincoln. I guess he meant surfer late, not... He's running away. We go back to when Lincoln was a kid and saw his black friend, like most white people, he has one, getting whipped. <laughs> and foresight of a born leader decided to help out by jumping the guy with an axe and getting his dad fired. Since his dad's a man of integrity, he tells the whip guy he's not going to pay him the money he owes him unless it comes with a punch in the face. The whip masters all, there's more than one way to collect a debt. Instead of collecting it, though... He kills Abe's mom by showing up one night and biting her wrist, while Abe watches and does nothing, including call a sawbones till the next day, immediately after which she dies of wrist infection. Now 0 for 1 against vampires, young Abe decides to wait till he's older before seeking vengeance. There's no mention of his dad seeking any before dying, so I guess Abe didn't mention a vampire killed mom. Or maybe he did, and the dad just didn't give a shit. Abe gets tall enough to be played by a post-pubescent actor and goes to a bar one night to get shit-faced so he can fight vampires better. At night? In this movie's lore, sunlight doesn't hurt vampires, nor wooden stakes, nor garlic, nor crucifixes. Only silver, although I thought that was werewolves. Also, they don't turn into bats or mists, but they do turn invisible. In which case, do they cast a reflection then? Anyway, Abe Lincoln pounds a few mini-guineas in the bar, and the Devil's Double comes up to him, and in the same British accent as all the Southerner characters in this movie, he's all, A man only drinks like that when he wants to kill a girl or kiss a man. <laughs> I'm getting better at my voice acting. That's him saying that. I'm terrible. Then he slaps him on the shoulder so hard that Lincoln's pistol flies out of his coat pocket and hits the floor, but nobody reacts. And Lincoln grabs it and leaves and doesn't give a shit about his cover being blown or who this guy is. Devil's Double spots potential vampire hunters in bars as the ones who are drinking a lot. They stick out like sore thumbs in bars. <laughs> Although, shouldn't it be broken thumbs? Abe goes to the docks to hunt his vampire. Guess he found him somehow. But gets his ass handed to him and barely survives. And even then, only because Devil's Double X Machina saves him. Despite this, you've got potential, says Devil's Double. Pretend that was British accent. The next morning, while he fucks an ecstatically shrieking chick in the bathtub, although later another chick tells Devil's Double how cold his hands are. So I guess the bathtub chick likes having a popsicle in her cooch. <laughs> Abe Lincoln's all, teach me how to fight superhumanly like you. I want to learn everything, and defying physics can be taught. And Devil's Double's all, Okay, first things first. These are all the guns available at this era's tech level. <laughs> now he's Cary Grant, I guess. 
You've got your Winchester rifle, your blunderbuss, your flippity gibbet 380, and Lincoln's all. Actually, I know I said everything, but can I just use the axe I split rails and trees with? Vampires are kind of like those. Plus, they already use it for everything. And devil's doubles all. Totally. Actually, just for saying that, you're the greatest disciple I've ever trained. Here, take your axe now. Chop down that tree with one blow. And Abe's all, whoa, dude, this one's pretty thick. Almost four score and doubles, doubles all. Yes, but pretend it's a vampire that you hate. And Abe's all, hmm, never thought of that. And splits the tree in half. Because bicep muscles are where our hatred's centered. Devil's double dribbles some boiling taupe CG on the axe blade and goes, see, when Judas betrayed Jesus, he did it, now he's Australian, for 30 <laughs> pieces of silver. So that's why it kills vampires. Curse of a curse. Although, oddly, the number 30 has no significance whatsoever. God's fucking weird. And Abe's off. Oh, Jesus was a vampire? That sounds awesome. Although, so did this, huh? Devil's double size. Abe kills some vampires, selected by Devil's Double, and referred to cryptically in correspondence like prescription at the pharmacy, wink, fangs for shopping at CVS. <laughs> Even though he has a super-rich vampire patron, Abe decides to become president by getting a day job wearing a smock and getting shit off shelves. This is how he meets cute the chick from Scott Pilgrim. She gets mad when he calls her ma'am. And his black friend shows up, and they hang out, but not all together, obviously. Yeah, like anyone having sex with Mary Todd Elizabeth Winstead by day and killing vampires with an axe every night, Abe's bored shitless. One night, when Devil's Devil finds him poring over law books and is all, What's up with those? Abe goes, Yeah, that thing you like to say about always having a contingency plan? Mine's to become president, conquer the South, and end slavery. Shouldn't be too hard, since I mastered vampire hunting so quickly. And Devil's Devil's all, Eh, I don't know about mastered. You're like 0 for 9, without me showing up to save you. Someday these powerful creatures who have survived for thousands of years are going to catch on that all you have is an axe and no neck armor. Things almost get complicated when Abe finds out Devil's Devil's a vampire, but Devil's Devil's all, wait, I too lost everything, or at least a love interest. We were making out in a stopped stagecoach on some road, never mind why it was stopped, and some vampires showed up who knew me, never mind why, and I told her to run, never mind why, but then they killed her and made me into a vampire. I tried to stab the main one with a knife, but it's a little trick of God's. We can't kill each other. Like, I can stab at his chest, but then my muscles freeze up an inch from his heart. So I just assume bullets stop, too, or curve like the ones it wanted. Anyway, according to Leviticus, we can only teach future presidents to kill us, which seems like a pretty big loophole. Like I said, God's batshit. Get it? And Abe's all, uh, what about the vampire in the docks that night? And, uh, you kind of did most of the work on that one. <laughs> And devils, devils, I'll look. My point is that I have no point. I'm a vampire. You're Abe Lincoln. Let's just keep doing what we're doing and call this plot point resolved in a Lindelof way. Meanwhile, the evil vampires had just about enough Abe Lincoln axe-spinning emancipation, so he invites him to his plantation to try and talk him into killing his best friend. His persuasion methods include having Abe watch while he and his buddies kill a bunch of slaves they were waltzing with for some reason, and whom Lincoln gets there just in time to save, but doesn't. You're welcome, slaves. 
the bad vampire <laughs> tries to entice him by threatening to kill his black friend with a strop razor. But luckily, Abe's other sidekick, Speed, had a hunch all this would go down with every object and character at just the right positions in the ballroom. And before the vampire can move his razor, the two inches necessary to slice Abe's black friend's throat, Speed smashes through the CG wall windows in a stagecoach, <laughs> fishtails it into the bad vampire without harming the black friend, grabs the friend and Abe, and off they ride into the night laughingly. Good thing vampires aren't super fast. Like 50-year-old humans on stagecoaches sliding sideways. Note to self. Most retarded Victorian horses breaking up party smashing through glass windows seen in The Raven now bump to second place. <laughs> Abe decides to quit vampire hunting to focus on being president, even though he only became president to hunt them down more efficiently. Speaking of arbitrary... Devil's Double also had him swear when they first met not to ever love anyone or have a family, like Jedi. But now he's married with the kid and president. Although, granted, he didn't swear not to become president. Abe's no better at war planning or childcare than vampire hunting. He's losing battles, I guess, single-handedly by reading newspaper casualty reports and sticking his lower lip out. When the evil chick vampire disguises herself as a maid, even though she can turn invisible, and kills Abe's kid with wrist infection... Devil's doubles all. Hate to tell you I told you so, but this is what happens when you stop killing undead to give a shit about slavery. You want me to bring your kid back as a vampire? There are a couple downsides, but in this era, his odds of becoming a male prostitute dropped to 48%. <laughs> From the doorway, Mary Todd intones, that'd be a load off, actually. Abe's all, Mary, no! Wait, don't we have other kids? And she's all, vampires, Abe. I read your journal, although you also told me by the river that time. But I didn't think hundreds of pages you wrote about hacking up pharmacists and burying them was worth mentioning till now that our son's dead. And devil's double salt. Um, maybe I should go? You guys are great, though. Abe's losing the Civil War because he had... Abe's losing the Civil War because the bad vampire put a bunch of vampires in Confederate outfits. And as having them turn invisible at the last second as they charge enemy lines, I guess along with their uniforms and killing Union troops in slow motion, except for one general who's alone and surrounded by vampires, but survives by looking horrified at something off screen and obscured by smoke to command the next battle at the very same spot. War is all about second chances. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lincoln's eating dinner all the way across a 12-foot table from his wife since the death of their son has brought them closer. He's all, fuck, I'm an idiot. I really thought there'd be more about military strategy in those law books. She's all, well, you gotta win the war. Not sure if you understand that. No offense. Then he looks at a fork and goes, that's it. Silver kills vampires. For some reason, I'd forgotten that till just now. And she's all, if it makes you feel better, I read your whole journal and forgot it, too. And Devil's Double peers from around the chandelier and goes, You guys are still great! He's a vampire, so he can be at the chandelier. <laughs> it's totally just fine. After much CG blood that we won't remember, as well as the battle we aren't shown, Abe Lincoln wins the Civil War by collecting all the silver plates and cutlery and one bayonet in Washington, D.C., and putting it all into trains and shoveling it all into cannons and shooting it at vampires, which I guess trumps invisibility. Good thing they didn't know there was more than one railway line to Gettysburg. The bad chick vampire who killed Lincoln's kid's wrist shows up among some tents in broad daylight and for some reason charges Mary Todd while nobody else notices or does anything. 
But luckily, Mary Todd shoots her in the face in slow motion. For a moment there, I forgot Vic Murbatov would forget to undercrank. <laughs> Abe rips the head vampire's heart out of his ribcage by using his mom's silver stopwatch. Just because it's round doesn't mean it's not sharp. 150 years dissolve by. A helicopter lands on the White House lawn. Uh, sidebar. <laughs> who told me a couple weeks back that Canadians were the ones who burned down the White House, admitted his mistake, and that it was the British who defiled our national monument and raised it to the ground in 1812. Fuck yeah, bitch! Our White House got torched by white people from slightly farther away. Redcoats, motherfucker, not Mounties. USA, USA. Uh, <clears throat> Devil's Double goes to a sexy nightclub and sees Mitt Romney sitting beside him getting drunk on vodka chicken gimlets. A man who drinks like that's doing it because he's something yacht of vampires. He slaps the guy's arm, knocking his 15-pound Glock out of his sleep to the bar counter and goes, Another future president discovered. The end. Uh, thank you. Kelly Wine, you absolutely met my expectations. I yep. win. <laughs> Take that, Bert. So you you sounded a little surprised when it seemed that I was implying that I didn't like the movie Kelly Wand. No, it's lame. But I was kind of not bored by it at first, and then it kind of seemed to slow down and take itself seriously. And then I... all right, so you're not going to run around and recommend this to anyone, are you? No. Okay. It's a waste Ding. of time. So did you like it, Tom? Are you are you sandbagging here? Why would I be sandbagging? This is, thing is terrible. I, I, you know, I don't need. I don't know why I ever, because I didn't like want it either. I, I don't know why I yeah, ever I didn't, didn't dislike Timur Bekmambetov. You saw Daywatch, and I thought you. Liked I saw Daywatch and Nightwatch, and they were both. You know, they, they were these movies that are like, oh, it's kind of interesting, considering it's not a. You know, it's it's a product of the Hollywood system, but it's it's it was shot. In, I don't know, is he Russian, Ukrainian, or whatever? It wasn't actually made in Hollywood, but it was clearly a guy who liked, like, The Matrix and wanted to do an, an underworld and those things and wanted to do his own slick version of them. And they were they were slick but just clumsy and just overlong, and I didn't care for either one of them. And then I guess his only American movies are this and Wanted. Am I skipping anything? No. But they're similar in so many weird ways. And there's even trains in both of them. And well, his action's always the same kind of... It's like, oh, you're right about the trains. I didn't even think of that, Kelly Wan. Yeah, 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 same I, gimmicks. I quite liked Wanted. And when when they were doing the the ridiculous train fight in Abraham Lincoln, all I could think about was the Wanted train sequence. Right, right. But he's also produced a lot of movies. I mean, he's become a Hollywood name without really making any movies that excited me or that I really enjoyed. Um, so I didn't have rules. Yeah, he's not a rules-based guy. Uh, and I can't get into action unless there's rules and spatial stuff. I'm, Apollo I'm 18. What, what was that? Think it's Apollo 18. Apollo 18? He didn't yeah. direct that. Is Dingus trolling us? <laughs> he produced that. How can you guys say you don't... Oh, 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 oh. oh. I got it mixed up with uh, the Ron Howard. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm an idiot. Uh, so, Dingus, why are, are you... Are you going to defend this thing? Or do you have anything nice to say about it? Or you, as someone who liked Wanted, I, I would therefore guess you are the guy most prone on this podcast to not hate Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I really, really wanted to like it. I wasn't hating it at first because it was Abe Lincoln, and I go, it's going to get good when something. And then after a while, I realized it was getting lamer. 
the something never came. Yeah, he's better early, but there's. Uh, it's just so. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know what to make. Whether I should allow myself to be offended by it, or I don't know what to think. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what to think about it. It just was so. That's I mean, I don't know. I think what uh, Tom said about while he was waiting for it to be over is kind of how I started to feel at the end. And then when when I realized he was going to the theater, I was just like, oh, come on. <laughs> What's our takeaway from that? That he is is uh, like Tony Soprano and he's like let his guard down. And after As I was awesome leaving shit. the theater, oddly enough, there was a, a, a couple in front of me. And of the couple, the girl was saying to the dude, so do you want me to tell you about what happens after he gets assassinated? And the guy was like, yeah, okay. What? So, yeah, so she started explaining something about how... Uh, Abraham Lincoln and Henry, like it's a ruse, and then they go off and they fight vampires and undercover. And I, I think that's what she was saying. I couldn't catch all of it. Is she so, something from the book? That's what I'm guessing. And Dingus, you say it's a book, but Kelly Wand, you, you sort of smirked when Dingus said that before. It's a comic book, comic. isn't it? Yeah. I think these are comic books. Um, and I, I say these, I'm assuming it's like, like don't comic books come out in different issues, and there's several of them. So I'm assuming this was like a series, like... You know, X-Men, Aquaman, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. It's like that kind of thing. There's all these different issues, or whatever you call them. Uh, so I'm guessing that supposedly he went on to keep fighting vampires and that the assassination was all some trick. Um, so it's Sherlock Holmes kind of thing where he comes back from the waterfall and he's like, hey, JK, about that letter. Yeah, maybe something like that. But that said... Um, I noticed, as I'm sure Dingus did, uh, it, the screenplay was by the writer of the comic books, mm. which makes me wonder, because my big problem with this movie, I didn't know anything about the comic books, I didn't know anything about the movie, except that uh, Beckman Batov was directing, uh, I had assumed it was going to be like absurd, and it, would go, it was going to have a sense of humor about its own premise, which is absolutely ridiculous. This movie is so completely in earnest. It did not once... It did not once seem to have any inkling how absurd the premise is. And so I'm wondering, are the comic books like that? Because there, there, there was nothing. If this movie had understood how ridiculous it, it was, I might have been able to appreciate it and go back and enjoy it. But it was just so dry and earnest and, and serious. And I, I mean, I guess the comic books are like that. Uh, so what I was looking forward to is how absurd the premise is, and let's see what we can do with it, and let's have fun. And none, there was no fun to be had with this absurd premise, I thought. So there you go. <laughs> and I, I, I did find that really disturbing, <laughs> that, the fact of uh, that there was no sense of humor about itself whatsoever, and that it just has these these intonations of importance, like it's Oliver Stone making it or something. And this is the truth. This is the truth behind the Civil War that we've always missed. Um, and then you and you watch that ridiculous uh, horse sequence, and it's it's it should be it, that should be hilarious, but it's just taken itself so seriously that it's right. not. I mean, one guy's throwing a horse at another guy. I should be allowed to laugh at that. That's what the Civil and Rights it, Movement was all about, though. <laughs> Well, that's about a hundred years too early for that. But uh, <laughs> yes, maybe. Uh, but maybe that's where that old right metaphor comes from about the throne horse. Ah, I did not know that. <laughs> uh, well, the thing is, it would occasionally I thought, and I, I've no desire to read these comic books, but 
watching this stupid movie, there were a few times I was thinking, okay, well, I wonder if they explore this stuff in the comic books, because I, I might like to know about this. This idea that the vampires had decided to found a new nation and that they'd taken hold in the Confederacy. Like, I kind of was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Tell right. me more. You know, what are they planning to do? Why the Confederacy? Uh, you know, what's their structure like down there? There's that great moment where, uh, was it Martin Sokas or... Uh, who is the lead vampire? Oh, Rufus Sewell is talking to someone who you find out is uh, uh, Davis, the, the president of the Confederacy. Andrew Davis, did I make that up? Jefferson Davis. Jefferson Davis, thank you. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, that's cool. Show me more stuff like that. Like, like play around with some history stuff a little bit more, because uh, maybe that might be interesting. I'd like to see some of that. You don't see any of that. And what's more... This movie didn't have to be about Abraham Lincoln. This could have been just any schmo. They never, they, they almost ignored the fact that, you know, he had the White House and the military at his disposal, and shouldn't he have been in the public eye? And, like, that I would have liked to have seen, this idea of the president leading a secret double life uh, in, in the White House. And, no, he's just a guy, it, it really did not need to be Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it didn't get nearly as much mileage as it should have out of having Abraham Lincoln, for Pete's sake, be a vampire hunter. And that's what disappointed me more than anything else. The stupid CG horse stampede thing. Like, I could watch that and sort of be entertained by thinking of, you know, High Noon did something similar as its big climactic scene where the horses stampede out of the burning barn. And it was this classic, iconic action piece from, how old is that movie? 40s, 50s, whenever. So I could sort of I could sort of enjoy this stampede as oh look it's like the modern day CG counterpart to that scene in High Noon it's kind of enjoyable, um, but I could have appreciated some of those things if it had played been a little bit more playful and played with its premise more, uh, and it didn't. I forgot the whole double life thing. I was just I we, I just inferred that from the trailer just based on what oh that would be the obviously cool thing about the story yeah and then in the movie it's like they didn't even think about it like. Yeah. They didn't have that imagination. Like, oh yeah, he would. It would. He would have to hide it because we hadn't read about it. So yeah, it would be under the books. Well, they wanted it to be a stupid. You know, he puts up his axe in the box and he retires, and then he comes back. You know, they wanted it to be later. predictable, cliche, bland, multis. And in the context of the movie, it's all of like about ten minutes. You know, where he's decided I'm not going to be a vampire hunter. Now he puts on old man makeup and then he goes to get the axe again. I mean, there's there, there was no real tension there of this idea of. The retired vampire hunter coming out of retirement. I mean, it didn't do anything to really earn that kind of conceit. He never used his law either to beat vampires in court, which is why. You know, I, I don't know if you're joking, but I, I would have liked <laughs> to have seen that. I would have just like you know, like the Untouchables, you know, where Kevin Costner, where they have to use the law differently against Al Capone. Let's see that. I would much rather see that than CG axe foo. You know, <laughs> those scenes. Uh, it was just so dull. I thought. So I think I'm, there's a whole there's a whole idea about monsters and slavery that you could plumb too, yeah. and I don't think they do anything with that. The slavery and and black people are completely incidental to this, and there's this thing of like let's bring a fresh crop down because we have many mouths to feed, yep. and I, I don't understand just as you say, Tom. There's no reason this has to be Abraham Lincoln. There's really no reason this has to be slavery either. I don't understand why they don't. There, there's something to be said there. Even even if you want to do it in an absurd way, and they don't. 
We know, Dingus, they briefly touched on it. It's why I wonder about the comic books where one of the, I forget if it's Rufus Sewell or Martin Sokus, one of the vampires is giving a speech about vampire rights and how they, they haven't, you know, they're going to get what they deserve. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe in the comic book they try to do this weird sort of, you know, dehumanization story where the vampires feel dehumanized just like the slaves are dehumanized. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't go any farther than that. Like they just Jeez. literally someone mentions it at one point. Um, but I think of then, movies. I think of there's a there's that horrible uh, Ethan Hawke movie where it's like the future and vampires are part of the uh, oppressed population. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, Gotta the bl- what, no, what was it? Blood one where he's. Anyway, it wasn't very good, but it at least played with this idea. Like, it pushed its idea further, and it made a cool conceit. And certainly that BBC series, uh, Ultraviolet, where they play a lot with, you know, vampires and humans in the same uh, society. So there's stuff to be explored there. Fever Dream uh, by George R. R. Martin, Steamboat Vampire novel, which sounds uh, really boring, but nope. it's actually really you good. You said that sounds boring, but I only would think it sounds boring after having seen Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Like, like I think anything that explores that even a, a smidge more than this movie seems interesting to me. Uh, I'm going to make you read it. Mm, don't know that that's going to happen. Interesting. <laughs> so there was one touch, and I, I might have even imagined this. I might have been so desperate for some touch of absurdity that I imagined this at the end of the movie. But wasn't that supposed to be Obama? No, come Are, on. No, real? Okay. I want, I want you to be right, but I can't believe that Tim Burtmanov, Tim Burtmanov, <laughs> has that level of awesome. Then, Dingus, did you not get that? Because the way the ears were sticking out, and it was a black man, it wasn't a specific time period, I really thought that they were hinting that Henry had hooked up with Obama. Uh, No, I didn't. I I just assumed that somehow uh, he had turned Abraham Lincoln, and it was Abraham Lincoln at the end. I I didn't know. I, I was just... (laughs) <laughs> you were ready to dart for the exit. Actually, you were ready to wait for the credits and then dart for the exit. Wait, okay. what did Dingus think? He thought that was Abe Lincoln in the bar next to him? Yeah, yeah I thought it was just Abraham Lincoln at the end, which wait, doesn't make I, any sense. Modern day? Wow, yeah, Dingus is even more off base than me. Yeah. <laughs> and you thought it was Obama. I really did think that that's what they were going for. And I thought it was no one. Yeah. Okay, here's another thing that bothered me. It's kind of like watching the news crawls in a movie. Uh, <laughs> first of all, how sturdy is that hat that it can maintain the weight of mary elizabeth winstead she's supposed to be small though (laughs) you know i really liked that actually i i like her those hats don't stand up like that i don't know if you've ever worn they do angus likes the romance of it because you can't stand on a stove how do you do you think when you stomp on somebody's hat in the dust that you've got to really like put your weight into it that a person can stand on a stovepipe hat and not have it collapse it's like one of those tricks where you can crush an egg if you're standing on it but if you put it up you can stand on it. You no, know, it's you know not how it now. Egg, Wait, an egg so works. Yeah, that's that the same work. thing. Yeah, if you, if you stand an egg on end, you can stand on it or you put an elephant on it. Or okay, something. well, Dingus, I'm just oh, about shit. to shoot a hole in your throat. Check this out, Kelly. Wan. Check out what I'm about to do to Dingus. Okay, so if that's the case, then why is it that when he is giving the Gettysburg Address, his freaking hat blows off of the table by a gentle breeze? I don't know if you guys watch that. Is that because of tensile strength. 
Uh, not, not, not at all. Nice try. He's I don't the circumference of the earth. Tom. He's giving his speech, and I'm just so bored at that point. The, the, a breeze is sort of blowing his hat, and as the camera is going around, the hat blows off of the table. And no, it didn't occur to them to do another shoot, uh, to use another shot. Whatever, they didn't care either. No, it's supposed Whether to be. Whether or not the hat could blow off, off is, is it makes no difference. If it's sturdy enough, it's sturdy enough to hold Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, it <laughs> will blow. Uh, yeah, it will. Actually, no, I take that back. It will. Will not blow off of a table. Uh, so you're going at Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Kelly Wand? In general, yeah. I like her. What's wrong with you? I mean, I want to like She was awful. Everybody acting or awful. awful. She's the one thing in this movie to like, and I really it's like her fault. some of the some of the junk between the two of them. Her standing uh-huh. on that to try to kiss him, and and uh-huh. the dancing. The dancing was horrible. But but at least I was thinking, you know, there's something here, and we we totally lose it later when when she. Like becomes the sad mom, and and he says, "I need you," and I've waited so long to hear that. All that oh. shit is horrible. But but there's a spark between them early on that I really liked. Man, yeah, I did Tom. not see that spark. I could not stand this guy either. The guy played. I kept waiting the whole movie. I'm waiting. Okay, well, when are they going to bring in the real actor who's going to play Lincoln? So this is the guy who plays teenage Lincoln. When is the real actor going to show up? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Oh, great. They're going to put makeup on him. I hated that guy. You guys didn't mind that guy? Dingus, mm. you, you actually enjoyed some of the scenes between What's-His-Face and Mary Elizabeth Winstead? Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. I, I mean, to I was pay. totally distracted by him because I kept thinking this is uh, Liam Neeson CG'd to look younger. Um, Do you know he did play a young Liam Neeson? Yeah, I didn't realize that until did. afterward. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who's Lincoln in the Spielberg one? Daniel Day-Lewis, the uh, yeah, who should play every part in every movie. Uh, so uh, Benjamin Walker played the young uh, Liam Neeson in Kenzie, the movie Kenzie, uh, which I didn't realize either until I looked it up. But as I was watching Kenzie the movie, with I was thinking that he did look like uh, like Liam Neeson. Ooh. Oh, I just I was totally oh. distracted by that the whole time. Yeah. I just kept thinking, this is young Liam Neeson. This is Taken. We're watching Taken with Liam Neeson. Um, Ray Fiennes, Michael Fassbender, and Liam Neeson are all like eighty percent genetically the same guy. <laughs> mm, can't can't go with you there. So so Kelly Wan, did you like? Did you guys think he was really funny when he was making the picnic basket talk? Wasn't that adorable? Because he was falling asleep. Because he was working nights. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what he had to do to keep himself up and entertain Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Is do the little Jim Carrey thing like the picnic basket picnic basket is talking. Picnic. Uh. All right, that's what you guys like. So I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, There is a production company that I've talked about before called Asylum, and their whole bag is to do rip-offs of movies coming out with big marketing budgets uh, so that they can ride the coattails of that mind share, and they sit on the shelves at you know, blockbusters or wherever, and expect people to pick them up thinking, oh, this is, you know, either that movie or I'll see this instead. You know, they did a War of the Worlds with C. Thomas Howell when the Tom Cruise one came out. They did a movie called The Day the Earth Stopped when The Day the Earth Stood Still came out. They just released a movie, and they were actually sued for this one. I can imagine that a lot of Asylum's budget must go into lawyers, uh, but they did a movie called American Battleships. (laughs) Uh, Their most recent movie... Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Yes. Mm. Just came out uh, 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 sort of a relatively well-known horror actor named Bill Oberst Jr. Uh, plays Lincoln in this. Uh, it is wretched. It is shot. It looked like it was shot for about 
50 bucks. They shot it at some, I don't know if it was like some war memorial, but it looks like a public school. And the whole concept is that Abraham Lincoln is that, that zombies are overrunning the South. So Lincoln has to lead a squad of 12, uh, 12 Secret Servicemen. The idea is, huh. hey, the Secret Service has just been founded, so uh-huh. we're going to take 12 of their best men. we got to go check out this fort where zombies are, are starting to pop up. So there's basically a siege situation in the fort. It's shot He's so cheaply. He's not a army guy. It's not what? He's not in an army. Who's not in an army? Lincoln. He's not a fighter. Yeah, he was. He was in the militia. In this movie, in Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies, he uh, it's not he doesn't send the army down. He leads a team of elite troops, basically. And the reason he does this is because the guy who's going to lead the team of elite troops gets bitten right before they can head out, Uh, and Lincoln has to behead him, and so he takes his place as the leader. It Uh, should be all presidents, like he has to lead Roosevelt and McKinley. Well, okay, so here's the deal. At least I don't recommend by any stretch of the imagination Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies. Like all of the Asylum movies, it's wretched, it's cheap, it's, it's pathetic, there's no art or craft in it. But to its credit, at a few moments in the script, it kind of understands how stupid and absurd it is. And one of those moments, for instance, is when they get to the fort and they discover some other survivors there, including a little boy. And the little boy, Lincoln, is like, what's your name, son? Because the, the boy has exhibited bravery. And the boy says, my name is Theodore Roosevelt, sir. Uh, <laughs> and so when the little when uh so these zombies by the way they have to be quiet around them because if the zombies can't hear you you can walk past them and they won't attack it's once you start shooting and yelling and whatnot the zombies come after you so lincoln <laughs> says to this little boy he says well i'm sorry we don't have a weapon for you but here take this big stick and just remember walks oh uh, god <laughs> you, did you see that coming but see you know what no. If there had been anything even that remotely playful in this right. or Beckmambatov movie, I might have enjoyed it a bit. That's even, one better line than exactly. There was nothing like that in this movie. Like it, like the Abraham, the asylum thing. It, they, it's stupid. It's cheap. It's just crassly piggybacking the marketing for uh, this movie. But hey, you know what? There's there are one or two awful groan-inducing jokes in there. You know, it knows enough about how stupid and absurd it is to throw those in there. This thing takes itself way too seriously so based on that even though i think they're wretched and even though i think abraham lincoln vampire hunter has much more money more production values more talented actors i would ultimately prefer to sit down and watch this stupid asylum ripoff than this this earnest flat uh abraham lincoln vampire hunter what maybe the studio system because if anything looks cheap they shit their pants i hear this over and over because they think it's like you're trying to fuck up the movie cheap's because cheaper's funnier, but they want it to look cool. So if like the joke in the script is that it looks goofy, they'll like make it, like, make it awesome. Come on, the robot's got to look bitchin'. You know, I would think though that uh, Bikmambatov would have more like that. He's been around long enough, and he or would... he's one of those guys, and just like, yeah, no, it's got to be awesome. Well, you know, based on Daywatch and Nightwatch, that that makes sense. So Dingus, you'd recently tried to watch these. Uh, it didn't take, I guess. No, it's just. So they're so they just take so much time and <laughs> way too much time. A night and a day. But, <laughs> but wouldn't you agree though? Like Kelly Wan said, they don't look cheap. No, no, they don't look cheap. I mean, it, it, it's sort of amusing to watch the dubbing um, because they are not in English, but it's all dubbed in English. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. But that's okay, and a lot of it looks good. I mean. It, most of it looks better than the blood looks in um, in this movie, uh, but it's just it's those those two movies just 
could it should not have been two movies that long. It, it should have been like one movie, an hour first part, hour second part. I mean, it's just way too long. It takes way too long to get where it's going. I can't help but wonder if part of what's going on is that those two movies were so commercially successful in Russia. Oh. Like, like I think they both were uh, were huge hits over there. Uh, so I, I'm guessing Big Mamatov is like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to make movies short. I just, you know, make them long, make them look good, and I'm good to go. But does this one, does Abraham Lincoln look good? I didn't think so. I mean, it didn't it's look Caleb as- Deschanel, which, which, I mean, he's got a flair for this sort of period. Who's that? Caleb Deschanel's the the DP on this, on uh, Abraham Lincoln. God, because I don't. Ew. I some of the scenes I where I it just looked like they were trying to make it look old timey by doing like a soft lens or something. Like I, I was not, I was well, not. Well, he he did no. stuff like Passion of the Christ and and uh, uh, Natural and. And, he hated uh, the cinematography in Passion of Christ. <laughs> I think it's the only thing Dingus didn't hate in that movie. Yeah, I think that might be true, what Tom said. But uh, I just didn't understand why why it was done in this. It wasn't even sepia. It was like day. It was like constant day for night. It was very confusing. It was we're, we're going to make this weird choice. And it's not weird. I, I've got this thing about we're just going to slap sunglasses and sun balm on vampires and they'll be fine which annoys the hell out of me. But if you make that choice, you make that choice, whatever. But but they make the choice, and then they make the whole movie look like we're watching it through sunglasses for some reason, or through sepia glasses. And I just I guess, I guess that's supposed to be the patina of history or something, but it just <laughs> none of it looked any good. That's how the future will see us. <laughs> they'll, go, they'll look at our 3D CG and like, they'll see you telling that. That'll be the new patina of history. That's what it was like when they watched Dave Lincoln. So, Kelly, when you actually saw this in 3D? Yeah, when it started, for some reason, they'd started running Prometheus by accident, and everyone <laughs> in the audience just went, oh. Which takes a lot for Canadians, like a wretched Kelly Wan sigh of utter exhausted misery. And I thought, see, they didn't want, like, the idea of watching Prometheus again was that. And then Dave Lincoln started and the, the side just kept repeating so. I can't help but think, Kelly Wan, that that would have made me enjoy the movie a little more. If if I had been faked out into thinking I was going to have to sit through Prometheus again and instead got to watch Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, I might have been a little more charitable towards the movie. My showing started off in 3D, and everybody got confused. <laughs> what? You could see it had that, that blurred thing that happens if you don't have your 3D glasses on and we're in the arc light which means they're totally careful about the picture quality and everybody's like what 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 and about 15 seconds later it snapped back <laughs> but they definitely I don't know I don't know if it's a lens thing or what but they started showing with either the wrong lens on or the wrong print or something but the 3D thing started started first and you dodged that bullet dingus yeah well Did luckily a, a friend of ours uh, told us not to definitely not go see the 3D version, and uh, I was very very happy with that. Totally I did not need movie. I did not need to be told that though. I, I don't think I ever again want to see the 3D version of, of anything. Uh, no. Well, I don't either. But based on unfortunately based on when the timings were the the show times were shaking out, I almost had to. And because this friend of uh, this friend of ours had said don't I. I moved around all you know the, my family schedule and and went to see a 2D version and I'm glad because at least I could see the movie. I can't imagine watching this through th- 3D glasses as dark and weird as the visual choices in this movie were. 
thing is, the patina of history does not look good in 3D. <laughs> I'm sorry, did I use that the way I used Frizon? No, no, I liked Patina of History. For Zon, I'm still a little bit nonplussed about, but I liked Patina <laughs> of History. <laughs> uh, how about that uh, that briefing scene where uh, where Devil's Double is showing him like a, a slideshow briefing? Uh, you guys not know what I'm... What, what do you mean, what? He, he shows him like... Oh, yeah, it's yeah. It's not yeah, a stereotype. It's like a... Gross. Yeah, it's like he's... Yeah, exactly. Animated... It wasn't a, there an animated slavery oh, scene? God. Oh, God, I can't... I See, don't... those didn't even look sepia tone. Like, they looked cool. Like, yeah, make sure the sepia photos look fucking awesome in 3D. You know what? I, don't, I never want to see any more of that stuff. It, it, they do it in the Ghost Rider movie, that awful, which, by the way, if you want to see like an awful movie that, that's actually not boring, that Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider thing it totally fits the bill. Uh, Spirit of Vengeance is awful, but it's, it's hilarious. Remember the awful. subtitle? Well, to differentiate Spirit of Vengeance. from Ghost Rider 1, which That's I don't think true. has it. Yeah, yeah he's uh, just writing. But, what you say? I thought he said Spirit of Engines. <laughs> that would be good. I would like that. But no, they do all these like comic book sequences. They're like, if it, please, please, please stop putting your grade school drawings in my movie. I do not want to see that stuff anymore. I hate those nowadays. Like, It's sort of like, I don't know if it's like the director has a friend who does artwork and he wants to put his artwork in the movie or they're just too cheap to shoot stuff. But it, it never works for me these days when a movie cuts into like a comic book artistic kind of representation of stuff. I don't want to see that anymore. Please stop doing it. Well, now there have been so many bad comic book movies. You know what? That, well, that's the thing is I think I... Uh, I expect now, you know, we're having movies like Dark Knight and Avengers, like the bar is being set, and I just don't have a lot of patience anymore for seeing this stuff done crappily, uh, I guess. Uh, unless it's the Avengers, which which is totally brilliant. Yeah. Unless it's going to be completely over-the-top, bad, awful, like Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, as Dingus calls it. Uh, I just, yeah, like, like boring comic book movies, there's no excuse for that anymore. At least just make it god awful, flat out terrible, or do something good. There, that's that's my emancipation. In that order, for comic book movies, huh. yeah. you should just be in charge of. They should just be news crawls like that's the movie. <laughs> uh, Tom, <laughs> I agree. Yes, just give me a crawl. Uh, quit drawing pictures in my movies. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, let's see. You guys loved the actors. Um, didn't care for the horse scene. So here's another thing. How do you guys feel now about train scenes? Can we close the book on train action sequences? Are we done with those? All they can do <laughs> is go off the rails. One, two, three, not only you and me. Got 180 That was almost like a softball thrown to you, Kelly Wand. Mm. Even mm. then, I foul-tipped. No, no, I think that was an admirable bunt. No, if it's not a sex joke, it feels uh, <laughs> like cheap and sepia-toned instead of the 3D CG the listeners have come to expect. Speaking of cheap and sepia-toned... <laughs> uh, what's I mean, this week's 3x3, Dingus? No, come on, that was a great segue, admit it. it what, you guys listening, once you hear what the 3x3 is, you'll agree. Dingus, what's this week's 3x3? Alright, these are your three favorite still photographs in a movie. See, Kelly Wan? See how that worked? Sepia-toned? Cheap? See? 
No? All right. Mm-hmm. Well, all mine are from Abe Lincoln, so. <laughs> all right. There uh, was at least one good one in Abe Lincoln. Oh, my God. You've got to be kidding, Dingus. I'm not. Yeah, but, and by good, you mean awful? No, I don't mean awful. I mean awesome. It's a lot of sarcasm in the room. And wait a minute. If you're talking about the soldier with the picture of his sweetheart, that is the uh, Tom. What, what was that, a spoiler? Or That's what? a spoiler. I've never seen that in a war movie. <laughs> That's another People thing. still do that? No more putting cartoons in my movies, no more train scenes, and no more soldiers looking at pictures of their sweethearts before they die. How about no more montages in war movies? No, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, this week's 3x3, three three, our favorite photos. I go first because I'm introducing next week's 3x3. Three three. <laughs> Is that how I sound right now? No, you're, you're a cool person. Thank you, Kelly Wand. Uh, all right, so I'm going to do some old school movie credibility. I actually wanted to see this again before I brought it up because I haven't seen this in a while, but I remembered loving it. Um, and it's a classic, uh, it's a classic movie. Uh, English language, but Italian director, and I think from like the 60s. This might have even come out before I was born. Oh. Uh, the movie Blow Up, which yeah. I originally know of as as Blow Out, the John Travolta one. It's a Brian De Palma mystery where John Travolta is a sound guy, and he uh, kind of witnesses a murder, and he catches the sound of like a gunshot on tape or whatever, and it's all this stuff about where he's trying to listen to the tape and find out what happened and piece together events, and it becomes a mystery, and at the end, he solves it, and he saves Nancy Allen, blah, blah, blah. Uh, however, the original, and I say original, it's not like it's a remake, but it's, it's very similar to the movie Blow Up, which is nothing like Blow Out. And what I love about Blow Up is it's... Um, it's not. We we had a three by three on unanswered questions, uh, and I brought up the difference between subtle movies and ambiguous movies. And Blow Up is one of my first exposures to a movie that is is ambiguous and that does not answer questions because it's not asking those questions. And what I love about Blow Up is how this idea of a mystery of a murder that this guy thinks that he's captured on film has nothing to do with anything and goes completely unresolved. And the movie will not answer your questions about that because that's not what the movie is about. Uh, and I love how he agonizes. You know, it's about a photographer and this picture that he's developing. And he's agonizing over blowing up what looks like a body and a, and a murderer off in the trees behind a, a photo shoot he, he was doing of a model. Uh, I love that aspect of Blow Up. So I didn't get to see it uh, and haven't seen it in a while, but I, I love the photography, the, the emphasis on a photograph in Blow Up. Have you seen that, Kelly Wand? Modernism, brah. Yeah, and like that whole London mod scene is, is very much... That's, well, yeah, that's what makes it more interesting. To me. But I don't even remember what the photo is. Uh, like, I forget what it looks like, the composition of it. He's in a park, and it's of, like, Vanessa Redgrave and someone, and Vanessa Redgrave's like, she doesn't want to be found out that she was with that person. Um... But it does all the things where he's, like, developing it and zooming, you know, trying to enhance the photograph and, and zoom in on what he thinks is a body and a killer. It's like um, that scene in Blade Runner, but for the whole movie. You know, I, I hope nobody's going to mention Blade Runner, because Blade Runner is, for me, like, one of those worst-case excesses in that whole, like, enhance kind of thing. Like, when you enhance a photograph. Doesn't the photograph in Blade Runner actually shift angles? Yeah. That's, but it's a 3D camera. It is? I don't know. Oh yeah, I don't, I don't, I think Blade Runner cheats, but you know what? That maybe that's on someone's three by three. Uh, we'll save that. So anyway, my number three is Blow Up. Uh, Dingus, have you seen that? 
Uh, not for many years, so I don't really know what you're talking about. All right. I always thought it was really lame and blow out the Travolta one that like at the end her scream, Nancy Allen's scream is like used for the movie. Like it seemed like a lame choice on his part <laughs> to use his dead girlfriend's voice for the movie shoot. And then he seems kind of upset by it, but it's like he recorded it, so why would he use... Oh that's right. Oh, you're talking about John Travolta in the movie. Yeah, yeah, because they right. can't find a scream, they're doing a horror movie. Right, so... right. They can't find the right screen girl, so then he winds up using his dead girlfriend's dying scream for it, and then it's sending with him going, ah, that's, ah, it's really annoying hearing her scream. <laughs> yeah, um, A, you didn't save her. Two, you brought it to work, and I guess sold it to your boss? I didn't well, understand I, that, I think. I mean, that's the thing is, Blowout is so much about, like, I, I think the compromises in Hollywood. Like, like, it's Brian De Palma making a movie about making movies. Uh, and, and there's there's clearly, I think, a sense of like contempt for it. I think. Mm. Uh, which you could, didn't he do body? That's body double. That's him as well, right? Yeah. Doesn't body double make fun of like genre movies a lot as well? Porn. Oh, is it porn? Well, that's a genre. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so there's my number three. Blow up. Yeah, uh, so far ahead of us. It's scary. Kelly, one, you are next. What is your number three favorite photograph in a movie? Mine are all lame because they're all horror movies, which is kind of predictable. My number three is from Grave Encounters. I like those callback photos of the ghosts. And I also like the ones where nothing is going on. Those are good. That's my number three, Grave Encounters. Who told you to watch that, by the way? You. You're a genius. <laughs> Thank Up you. Until tonight. When you, uh, yeah, hey, good. when I what? Uh, we'll see. Okay. Uh, Dingus, have Grave you seen Grave? Should we recommend Dingus see Grave Encounters, or is that mm, maybe not? Dingus likes things that are good. Good point. <laughs> you have a good point. Yeah. Unlike Grave Encounters is not for you. Isn't there a sequel to Grave Encounters coming out soon? I saw a thing for it, and I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah, I think they're turning around a sequel for that, you know, relatively fast, considering it was a crappy straight-to-DVD release. But that's what Oren Pelly did. Now look at Oren Pelly. Oh, God. Yeah. Know. Well, you know what, Kelly Wand? I would much rather see Grave Encounters 2 than uh, Paranormal Activity kids. 4. Oh, okay. And Oren Wait, Pelly 4? I don't, I don't know where I was going. Paranormal Activity is now a yearly franchise. There will be one out every Halloween. Uh, I'm guessing from now until people come. It's the new Saw, exactly. They will drive that into the ground and consider those how well... tards are in charge of it, too, I think. I don't know. I, they actually have those... Those F-tards have a name. Uh, I, I can't think of it at the, at the point. But, uh, yeah, it's the Catfish guys doing Paranormal Activity 4, which I have no desire to see. Oddly enough, though, I do... I am really psyched to see Grave Encounters 2. So... Until the catfish guys get that, and then Jeremy Renner gets to play that. <laughs> I kind of would be fascinated by that. You're selling me on that, Kelly Wong. I feel bad now, because I like Jeremy Renner's acting, and now he gets put in a catfish joke. It's not cool. It's really not cool. Dingus, get us get us out of this Renner yeah, hole that, that Kelly Wong has dug. What oh, is your huh. number three pick for your own three by three? Renner hole? Look, what, look where Tom went. Not surprising, <laughs> is it? Not surprising. All right, my number three, here's a quote from it. All right. There's no way that you found that in our attic. There's no way that exists. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, Speaking of... Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Pelly holes. See, Dingus yeah. is the best 3 by 3 although it was his topic, so it's kind of cheating. I also, I don't know that that photograph, like, I don't... Well, okay, Dingus, explain what it's from and why you like that photograph. Uh, it's from Paranormal Activity, which two I appreciate you guys for bringing up. Is it two um, or three? 
Watching Paranormal Activity, I've decided to uh, wipe those from my brain. So there is no such thing wow. as two and three. What because control? they totally ruin what I like about this. When he's a lucky woman. And so I decided they don't exist. All right. Da, da, da. Huh. Yes, on. that's a legal move. So Dingus is picking the, picking the picture from the only Paranormal Activity movie ever made. Yep. Uh, well done. Now, why do you like that? What, what makes this photograph uh, work for you? All right, there's a couple of photographs that are really great in this movie, but I, I picked Oh, yeah, one. you know what? Yeah, you're right. So I'm thinking of the attic one, but there's another great one, isn't there? But go ahead. Yes, there, there's one that we had a lot of contention over that I really like, too. But I choose the one in the attic because uh, I just love the way that that moment shapes up, where he looks up and he's like, what is that over there? And then he goes, hold the camera. And he leaves it with her, and then he just disappears for a few minutes. And then he comes back down with it, and she's just shocked and it just totally worked for me and i just remember the moment of watching that in a theater and having him find that picture and that compounding the uh the terror for me and this what the hell is going on feeling so he finds a picture of her as a child that should have been lost in a fire and for some reason it's stuck up in the insulation in the attic in the house where they they lived then and um, we find and just, out oh go ahead go ahead tom well, and then we find out in Paranormal Activity 2 how it um, got there. Oh, sorry. Uh, right. <laughs> Whatever, I was, Jabberwocky. I was, testing, I was testing Dingus's resolve. Dingus, you passed admirably. Nice. It <laughs> tapped you. into our fears of finding pictures. <laughs> well, the other picture, which is a good one, I hope no one has picked this. And I do remember our argument. And I still think Kelly Wan was reaching. But you know what? I, you know what? With time, maybe I do agree with Kelly Wan. The other one was the picture where uh, it's Micah's picture, right? Where it, isn't it like his side of the picture all scratched up by the demon yeah. or something? Yeah. yeah. And, and Kelly Wan compared that to the guys <laughs> in Blair Witch Project. The guy only had slime on his stuff. And he was like, why is it only my stuff is slimed? And Kelly Wan wanted that. to relate that. But, you know, I remember, for, I don't know why I disagreed with that, because now that I mention it, I think, hey, that is a good point of reference. I I see the commonality in both I don't even know why you're laughing, like stupid Kelly Wan thinking slime and a... <laughs> Well, I just remember anything in common. No, for some reason, I remember wanting to deny that that was an, an intentional nod to Blair Witch Project, and I think I still would would take that stance. I don't think they were intentionally referencing Blair no, Witch they Project. Have nothing else in common. They're not both found footage. They're not both horror. They're not both cheap. Okay, you know what? You're right. Then I can see why we argued. So good point. <laughs> but that's another good. Is that the other good photograph part you were talking about in Paranormal Activity? Yeah, the the smashed picture with the yeah. claw marks on it. Yeah. Poor Mika. Fortunately, in Paranormal Activities 2 and 3, Stop he talking. was not... <laughs> there is no such thing. Very good. All I right, Dingus. Is... What? I just I had thought... you guys describe it. No, I feel like I saw it. Did we not do a podcast? I guess we didn't. All right. It's the last episode. Right. All, uh, all right, well, I'm going to then do my number two, which I think will trump Kelly Wan, because I'm pretty sure when she mentions horror movies, he has Lake Mungo in mind. Damn it. So, yeah, my number two, specifically the photograph that the brother takes, where they first introduce this idea that, is her name Alice? This, this idea that they can see her in pictures. And the the beauty of this of this Lake Mungo in general, but specifically this picture, is how it shows you something, and then, not once, but twice, sort of force uh, shows it to you in a different way, changes what you're looking at and what it means. Uh, and I love how Lake Mungo dances around with that by showing you something and then making it mean something and then making it mean something else. Uh, and I also love how the overall theme of Lake Mungo 
is this idea that uh, ghosts are are uh, a manifestation of our not wanting to be forgotten. You know, ghosts are just this kind of sad uh, desire to be remembered and to not die. Yeah. Uh, and there's that sort of speaks to this idea of pictures and video and chronicling things and remembering things through pictures and through video. Uh, I, I just love how thematically, just like Blow Up is sort of about the fleeting nature of a, this, this photograph and what the guy can can infer is there, even if it's not there. Uh, I love how photography and video ties into the theme of, of Lake Mungo. Um, so which picture in particular? Because this is my number two as well. Oh, so it's the picture one. of her in the backyard. Yeah, yeah. Matthew's backyard photograph is mine too. Right, and so I we don't want to spoil like Mungo too much, but it, the movie kind of cheats to make a cool point. Uh, you, you know, no. there's a really. I can argue it, but go ahead, and then I'll rebut you. Well, the thing is, I don't want to spoil like Mungo because I don't want to assume people have seen it. But I think they use uh, two different photographs. Like when they're showing you, there's, there's this idea that a photograph is taken, and uh, they talk a lot about one part of the photograph, and then at the end of the movie you discover something about another part of the pho- photograph. But I'm pretty sure they, when they first show you the photograph, this thing that they reveal at the end of the movie isn't there. Am I right about that or wrong? Uh, see, I, I thought the what you're going to say was that the character would have seen it. No, no. The, oh, well, the, the, us, the audience, can see the photograph. We can see the entire photograph. We are shown it. And I love, by the way, how creepy it is. Like, yeah. Lake Mungo is the best-case example of what something like Blow Up was trying to do, where you look at a, at a seemingly innocent photograph, and it's just instilled with this weird, creepy sense of dread, and, you know, there's got to be something weird there, and it's creeping me out. Lake Mungo is so good at that. But what you find out at the end of Lake Mungo is that these photographs do have something in them that we didn't see before. And the reason we didn't see them before is because the initial showing of the photographs in the movie did not have them. And that's a legal move, because in the conversation, he has Cindy Williams say the line two separate, two different ways, and you can, even though the Gene Hatton character hears this one way. Right, right. But the difference between the conversation and Lake Mungo, Lake Mungo is, is presented as a documentary. Right, yeah. but I think those photos were doctored by a character in Lake Mungo, and it's still internally consistent. You know what? I, I, I'm willing to uh, not accept the that, depth of that, but to leave you that interpretation. Fair enough. Unlike the thing about paranormal activity intentionally making a nod to Blair Witch Project, Kelly Wand, I will allow you this one. <laughs> I didn't even mean that that was intentional. I just meant they were ripping off Blair Witch Project. But can't, cool. can't go there with you. Nope, not going to go there with you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my photo from Mungo was the uh, the spooky one, though. Not like the, uh... That was a video. Yeah, it's a picture. Dingus ruling. Uh, didn't you? Did you not specifically say even introducing it this week? Still photo. I believe I said the word still. Okay, yeah. then yours then. <laughs> so we all agree on Matthew's backyard photo. Uh, all right. Uh, Dingus, do you know what I'm talking about? Because there's I, another I, one though too of the seance. Well, right, right, yeah, but but I, but that's also I believe a, that is a still, but it's a still from a video, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The, there's a lot of video stuff that that's frozen, and and really I was talking I'll about photographs. Down. Not 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 screenshots or, but a phone is a camera, and, and okay. if you think about it, our eyes are cameras, so anything I see can be on this list. That's a good point, and they don't know that they're in a horror movie, so <laughs> they might think they're in a documentary. So wait, the head in Wild Wild West that turned out to be a camera, the beheaded guy's head. That's exactly what I was going for. Dang, and I have... think that the spider is my favorite uh, non-fake gesture. 
Uh, now, Dingus, do you know, with Lake Mungo, do you know what I'm talking about? And do you agree with me? Because I really did want to go back and check this. But for whatever freaking reason, it's not on Instant View on Netflix anymore. Oh, I was so pissed off because of that. Because I was really looking forward to, as the, as the, week, uh, as the week ended, I mapped out a little time to watch Lake Mungo again. Because one of the reasons for this... Or one of the movies I had in mind for this uh, is this, this category was like Mungo because I know uh, they play with video and they play with pictures and I wanted to see which one because I had an idea of what that backyard photograph looked like and for some reason it's just not on Instant Watch anymore. I was so bummed. So, so I, I really don't know what you're talking about. I just remember okay. seeing that backyard picture and I remember sitting in my dark office watching it and just it that freaking me out because I love the way like Mungo goes back to the same picture more than once and things are layered on, but I don't yeah. really know what you mean. I, I don't know. I don't know if you're right about that, but I'm going to bet that you are because I've okay. only seen it once, I think. And like Kelly Wan, I'm okay with it if I am right. Like, I, I think it kind of needs to cheat to work and I'm okay with it cheating. I will, I will afford Lake Mungo whatever cheating it wants considering the story it tells. So there you well, go. Well, I justified it, which isn't what you were doing. That's a good point. But the thing is, when I watched it, when I watched it, I didn't feel like it was a cheat. I felt like, oh, I, I must have missed that. Uh, right. I felt like I was watching it as as the people in the movie were discovering it. And that's how good the movie is. It's just so effective. It feels like you're legitimately having these discoveries. Yeah. All right. So we all have that on our uh, list. So Kelly, one that was your number two or your number one? One. All right, so then what is your number two pick for a favorite still photo? I'm kind of embarrassed by this one. <laughs> wow, if it, it takes a lot to embarrass you. Okay, I know Back to the Future is the retarded variant. Wait, wait, that's not what it is. Okay. It's kind of worse in a way. Sorry, I already wrote that down. Uh, You're locked in. Maybe I should switch this. I have one last shot. All right, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm going to go with the uh, one in No Way Out where... Uh, it's all blobby and like purple looking. So there, that's my number two. Fuck you. Uh, I don't. What, can you explain a little more to folks who may not remember No Way Out uh, that well? No, I forget. I'm going to go back with my original one. Never mind. Okay, so number two is the one from Terminator. Because it's like the Terminator thing blow. It burns up, and then he falls in love with her from how sad she looks, and then he dies, and then she has the pig taking, looking sad because he's dead. So it's like the picture made, it's like a, uh, whatchamacallit? Not a loop. Causal loop. Wormhole? Paradox. Paradox. Grandfather paradox. <laughs> Mobius oh, strip? <laughs> Murder mystery. An Escher print? <laughs> I was trying to think of things like this, where you see the picture, and then the later the movie shows you the moment the picture was taken. And Terminator is, I think, a perfect example. Uh, I couldn't think of anything like that, but well, I could. But but Terminator is, is a good one, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Uh, see, it's like what you're saying about how photos are a form of time travel, but it's like the way it's shown in the movie is the opposite. It's like Memento, but photographically. Okay. Thanks for ruining my number one. <laughs> Dingus, was your number two Lake Mungo, or was that your number one pick? No, that was my number two. Okay. My number one's already been ruined. As has mine. So, Kelly Wand, what's your number one? When did we ruin your number one? Well, we'll get to it. So, my number one, and because part of what I want to do with this list was not just have cool pictures, but have a movie where the nature of photography is somehow addressed. 
like the, the issue of the photograph and what it means, it ties in thematically. It's not just a cool scene with a picture, but it's something where the movie itself is about photography and photographs. And my number one, and I was so glad to get to rewatch it, rewatch it this week or most of it, uh, is Memento, which is about a guy using photographs to chronicle this story. Uh, and he tells us the story, and we, we discover the story behind each of the photographs, and how eventually he uses these photographs, he uses information on them to get himself out of this impossible puzzle that he has himself created. Uh, and I love how Memento is this really cool mystery about a recursive loop uh, created from photographs and little notes written on photographs. That's what I meant by causal, is recursive. As opposed to... Uh, and also, I thought mistakenly, because I haven't seen it in a while, that Memento is about tattoos, and he's like tattooing himself <laughs> instead of photographing himself. Well, they're part of it, but well, the tattoos, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the tattoos and the photographs and notes written on the bottom of a coaster or on a piece of paper, like it's all these different clues, but because it's a movie, the, the really strong visual ones are the pictures. You know, there, there are pictures of his victims. There's a picture of him after killing his first victim. The picture of, of Joe, Joey Pants, uh, which is constantly used to talk about and introduce his character and eventually destroy his character. Uh, like, like the pictures are a much stronger visual element of Memento, uh, I think, than the tattoos and the notes. Uh, so there's, is there a specific picture you have in mind? Oh, you did well. Well, you know what? I'll just have to go with the the picture of, of Joey Pants of uh, okay. of Teddy G uh, or no John G. Uh, no, Teddy. What? Oh yeah, yeah. So he's looking for a John G, and it turns out that Joey Pants' name is Jonathan Edward. So Teddy, yeah. So anyway, the picture of Teddy, who we discover is a one of many John Gs. Um, okay. Yeah. So was that uh, your... so does he say does he write on that one don't believe his lies so he writes he, there are three different things he writes on it he writes first don't believe his lies then he writes he is the one who killed your wife and then he writes kill him and the moment that he writes each of those oh, three God. things is really important yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and the, the thing about memento I mean and by the way once again another movie no ambiguity whatsoever I maintain that memento is airtight absolutely. Uh, and, and I love that about it, and I love how the movie ends in his decision to get the tattoo on his leg, which sets into motion all of the things where the, the different notes are written on the back of the, the photograph, and how eventually he ends up killing Teddy based on what he's done with this photograph. Um. Hmm. I only read the book. <laughs> it was not a book. It was com- it was a series of comics. <laughs> I only read the back covers, and then... Uh, it is interesting the the screenwriting credit. It's you know screenplay by Christopher Nolan based on a short story by Jonathan Nolan. Uh, but man, those guys were so good with that in Dark Knight in terms of like uh, just just introducing cool elements and making them matter to the plot and these little doodads. I mean, it, it's just such an intricate, beautiful little mystery. Uh, God, I love that movie. But Jonathan's the brains. I don't know. I mean, I I prefer my Christopher Nolan with a little Jonathan. Who, who's <laughs> writing The Dark Knight Rises, Kelly Wan? Do we know? Is that a Jonathan Nolan script? Who? Dingus knows. I thought. Lindelof. Oh, oh God. He only writes third acts, because that's his specialty. <laughs> uh, all right, so there's my number one, Memento. Kelly Wan, <laughs> what is your number one pick for a Blake favorite? Blake Longo. 
Oh, right, right, right. Dingus. But in hindsight, I kind of wish Damon Lindelof had written the third act for Memento, like, just to see what it would have been. Although I predict it would have involved crosses. I'm glad that did not happen. <laughs> uh, Dingus, we ruined your number one? Yes. Because it's Back to the Future? Yeah, I love Back to the Future so much. Where he vanishes from the, the puddle? The Stormtrooper hitting his head was in a photograph. <laughs> uh, what oh, else? Wow. What else did we ruin? What else Blade Runner? Oh my god, he picked Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Tom trashed it from the beginning. So thanks. No, it's not Blade Runner. It is. It's Blade Runner. No yeah, way, Dingus. Like wait a minute. Hold on. Dingus, people are constantly making fun of that enhanced thing. And you, of all people, are constantly making fun of it. How can you pick one of those classic enhanced scenes and make that your number one? Enhanced 5719. Track left. Stop. Dingus, are you serious? You're Now nice. you're just... Yeah. Kelly, no, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely honest about that. Yeah. I love, I love that? this, and I, well, for one thing, I love, I love the way that, um, the the point that photographs play in this movie and what they have to do with memory and how important they are. Oh, you know, and you know how that sets up with, with, uh, with Batty saying to um, Leon, "Did you get your precious pictures or your beloved pictures?" Whatever he says to right. him. Right. Well, why are you picking the worst picture in the movie then? Pick one because of the ones that's... on his piano or something. No, I don't want any of those. Fuck those. Uh, those aren't real. <laughs> those are also, those have the patina of history on them because they're sepia yeah. tone. <laughs> Ridley Scott's going to 3D prequel where in all the photos you see the original turtle. <laughs> well, wait um, a minute. Explain yourself. So go ahead. It falls over and she crashes. Well, I didn't, I, I heard about, I, I was, this was explained to me before I saw it. A, a friend of mine um, told me about the scene. As I, I, I used to like do this thing where I would, uh, before I could actually see a lot of these movies where uh, a friend of mine and I would, would explain movies to each other that the two of us could see um, because, you know, you, you didn't have access to movies in the way that we do now. You know? And, um, and so he, he described this as this machine that could go into a picture and look around walls and go uh, through. And I sound sleep. like the loneliest childhood ever. <laughs> well, it was, you know, I was an only child. What am I going to say? Um, but I actually loved that. I mean, I loved this sort of it was sort of this oral tradition of of telling a story to a friend and explaining a story to a friend. Fifty four nineteen tracking. He goes, and then what? <laughs> then, then what happened? Did he say? Tell Stop. me quick. Did they go back? Is he, was there a reflection? Is it see? Uh, it's like a chick scale. Wait, so that he, he just misunderstood the way that it was filmed. And the first time I saw it, I didn't really understand it either because it was on a pretty crappy VHS, I think. And when I eventually saw it in a really clear picture, I really love the way that that machine works, where he's going into the picture and, and that whole decision to, to look at it, all that sequence leading up to it. I mean, I really loved watching Blade Runner again this week just because that picture is really kind of important to me. And him going into the picture and... Sussing out how you can look into the reflection to find what he needs to find as far as the evidence is concerned. Um, I just like the way that shakes out. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's not an important picture except it is an important picture. It's just, it, I, I just love that picture. I love it so much. Thing is, exp explain to me the science of that scene. How is it that when you take a picture, you can <laughs> go inside of it 
and and change the angle through which and a Venus, mirror reflects light to show you things that you couldn't see in the picture. Explain wait, wait. what's going on. Yeah. Wait, wait. Dingus yeah. is Dingus was fantasizing that he was doing that too as a kid. Like, forget all the other shit in that movie and forget Han Solo. He's like, man, it wouldn't be cool. So I fuck. I was totally watching Blade Runner in the future, and I could go enhance that one shot where he's looking at the picture, but I'm telling my TV to enhance that picture of him looking. at because then you could like go into a movie, yeah, I could and then go into like the girls' locker room yeah, in the movie. I could go. Well, that's the- what I was imagining. I was imagining going outside of a girl's house, taking a picture of it, and then just taking that picture home. Oh my god! Which is so much less hassle than what you did with your friend going, "Hey man, let's get the blader," and then like fifty four nineteen and hit still pause right then, and then you might see Joanna Cassidy's boob pasty. <laughs> Voiceover. Uh, but that, that's that the thing is, a- the funny thing is, Dingus sold me on there being cool photo things that I'd forgotten about in Blade Runner. They're just all the photo things except for that one scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, good lord. Uh, all right, so there are three by threes. How about some runners up? It's also a re- if he's a replicant, he's a replicant telling the machine fifty four nineteen. So you're watching a machine talk to itself. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, other runners up, Kelly Wand. I'm disappointed you didn't pick the pictures from the beginning of Jaws two, <laughs> where Brody is like insists that he sees a shark in the bubbles. Because remember the divers go missing and they've got their camera, and for whatever reason the Amityville Police Department finds the camera. Amityville Police pictures. Department. Oh, no, Amity. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Can we watch that movie that was just playing in your head just now? It sounds infinitely better than anything we podcast about. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you remember that from uh, the uh, from Jaws two, where, where Brody's the only one who can. I'm discern telling you, that house is on it. It's like by Amityville three. It's like, all right, Brody, look, the real estate people own Amityville, so let's go back to the beach, settle down, zoom Dolly. Uh, Kelly, Wand, you also didn't pick The Shining, the pictures at the end of The Shining. Eh, what the ghost yeah. thing? But yeah, how everybody pictures. ends up in like a picture, and it goes Who's everybody, just Jack. Who else? No, everybody. Like all the pictures. There's the wall of pictures of people that the or overlook his like, I don't know, swallowed their souls or whatever it does. Was right? Danny Torrance's picture supposed to be in that picture? Was no, it like escape space for Danny. Huh? No, because he gets away. Yeah, I know, but the, they wanted him in that picture probably. No, they didn't make it. They only got a picture of Jack Nicholson frozen in the snow. Stupid hotel. <laughs> Uh, there's also, I remember, because this is kind of, there's a there's a trailer now for, speaking of Oren Pelly holes, uh, an Oren Pelly joint called, it's like Insidious or Sinister or Foreboding or Macabre, something like that. It's a movie with Ethan Hawke where he's a writer who lives in a house where murders happened, and he discovers like footage and photographs in the attic, and it turns out that there's a picture of like a murderer, like a monster, like a, it's like a ghost thing, and it lives in photographs. And if you look at it, it will come out of the photographs and come alive. Have you guys seen the trailer? Get rid of that thing. Burn yes, that, that gave me one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln because it happened before Abraham Lincoln. Right. And his quote from the trailer is, "I'm going to write the best book anyone has ever read." <laughs> He's really swinging for the fences. Anyone ever. <laughs> So we're going to move this house so I can write the best book anyone has ever read. That was awesome. Did you guys see the trailer for um, The Possession? Is that the box movie? 
the one where no. the, the, the Riddler or the Joker oh, yeah, 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 finds the Sorry. box. I, yeah. forgot, I forgot the whole premise of the movie. <laughs> uh, the comedian, <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan from Watchmen, finds a magic box that takes over his daughter, right? Yeah. So it's the exorcist, but with a box. Based yeah. on true story. Okay. It's a, yeah, it's a box-based exorcist. Sure. Yeah. Uh, does it have photographs in it, though? It has a demon in it. Mm. Why are we talking about that fucking thing? <laughs> Well, just I was oh, so I know so that that in, Insidious or Sin, I think it is Sinister that movie where Ethan Hawke finds the pictures and you know it, there, it shows him like looking at a picture and then when he turns his head when he's not looking at it the picture moves or something like the monster face mm. moves or comes alive so that's a sort of a common gag but I remember seeing gag. it early on as a kid in uh, <laughs> it's like the fake flowers it's water there, there was that <laughs> wonderful ghost. moment. I'm not going to give anything away, but but there's a moment in uh, Abraham Lincoln where uh, he's in the foreground after having a fight, and the body that he thinks is dead behind him isn't there when he moves again. <laughs> you know it's going to happen. Yeah. And people around me were like, oh! Really? <laughs> it's like, you get for that? Uh, yeah. That's kind of cute. Some people are new to these gags. Uh, so remember though in phantasm where the little kid finds pictures of like the civil war era and the the morgue is there and there's the tall man in the carriage uh and then the the picture turns and looks at him do you remember that from phantasm kelly wand no all right we should see that movie sometime Hmm. all right wait but then he's a real guy in the 1890s in the fourth one Oh, right. Then they make video out of it. Right. They actually shoot uh, footage. How about that? Uh, other Why are we talking about that? Because it's a picture. Because there's a picture oh, in Phantasm. It's like a cool still photo. And it's the still photo comes alive and the tall man looks at, at the kid and creepy, scary, you know. In Poltergeist, are there any pictures? I'm just going to name any movie and then you tell me if it has photos. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to choose No Way Out, uh, which Kelly Wan uh, already chose as a, as a runner-up. Um, uh, that's a silly, uh, funny use of a Polaroid, uh, that pays off in the end. Um, and also there's a, there's a great satellite photo, uh, in, uh, Patriot Games, which I know you guys love when I bring that up, um, of Polly Walker's, uh, cleavage that I really like that picture because of how it plays into the plot. I like pictures of Polly Walker's cleavage too. And they don't sure. even have to play into a plot. Why are you guys calling those a plot? Uh, I have one that's not from a movie. It's from a documentary. Uh, Documentaries aren't movies. But if they were, uh, I don't think either of you has seen this. But there is this, I know you would both love this. I so rarely recommend documentaries because they're such a slog to watch. But there's a documentary called Not Just Another Bigfoot Movie. Uh, and it's 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 about why are you laughing? First of all, Second I'm picturing of all, you finding it. I'm picturing you going. I don't know what I want to watch. Uh, Bigfoot movie, Bigfoot movie. Hey, wait a minute. Here's something. Here's how I found it. Is there was some at some point when I was desperate for something to check out on TV. Somebody had mentioned these uh, Bigfoot. There was like a nature on the Nature Channel or Discovery Channel. There was a, a series on Bigfoot hunters. And they would do, like, reality footage of their Bigfoot. And it was so stupid. It's just these idiot. It's just a reality TV show for these idiot guys who want to call themselves cryptozoologists, which is something that doesn't exist. Very elite club. 
there are very few of them. No posers allowed. Uh, but someone had, in the course of talking about this awful reality TV show, which I could barely stomach one episode of it, someone mentioned, hey, there's a documentary called Not Just Another Bigfoot Movie. Check it out. I checked it out, and it's fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. And it's about these two guys who, who are literally Bigfoot hunters. And without giving anything away, because I really recommend people watch this, the photographs these guys have are I just have no words for them. The photographs these guys have taken are just jaw-dropping for absolutely uh, unexpected reasons. Uh, so the photographs from just not just another Bigfoot movie would have totally made my 3x3 my if this was an actual movie. But because it's not a movie, you know, it's a truth, uh, stranger than fiction situation, uh, because it's not a movie, I can't put it on my 3x3. Three three. Hmm. All right, other runners-up, anything? Um, not another Troll Hunter movie. It was really good. No photographs. It was all video. Do woodcuttings count? Only if they're sepia-toned. We can talk about woodcuttings next week. Uh, yeah. It's just uh, go to home now. <laughs> all right, well, let's do uh, next week's 3 by 3 first uh, is going to be... So, in Memento... There are a few points where people refer to Guy Pierce's character as disabled and his disability, and uh, you know he more often calls it his condition. Uh, but it got me to thinking about actual disabilities in movies. And I had a conversation with someone recently who was unhappy with the dwarf, well, not unhappy, but he just took issue with the stunt casting of the dwarves in Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, where they don't use real dwarves, they do some cool CG stuff. Uh, and... Uh, so it got me thinking about disabilities in movies, whether you consider it, you know, I don't know that short-term memory loss counts. Get it? I don't even know if being a, <laughs> I don't even know if being a dwarf counts as a disability. I'm not going to put, uh, I'm not going to put limits on this, but what I want are your favorite disabled characters. Do they uh, have to be dwarves? They do not. Like I said, uh, what constitutes a disability is up to you. Uh, how it's represented in the movie is also up to you. Do you care, for instance, if the actor is really disabled? Uh, does that, that matter to you? Should the disability define the character, or should it be just another detail about the character? Uh, should, should the entire movie be about the disability? All those are up to you. I just want your three favorite disabled characters. So I, I would be remiss if I didn't speak up at this point, since uh, since my wife would uh, get mad at me for not saying something. Um to really make this proper, you have to do something that's pro uh, important now called people-first language. So to say this, you have to say your favorite characters with disabilities instead of saying dis disabled characters. Why? I don't understand that. Yeah, that's that's the that instead of saying instead of defining somebody by their disability. So instead of saying that that is an autistic kid, you say that is a kid with autism. So since since what started this was a discussion with somebody uh, that Tom had apparently who objected to the casting in uh, Snow White, uh, I'm just throwing that out there that that as far as the community that focuses on disabilities is concerned, you use people first language and you say the person first and that they have whatever they have. I don't know that I'm going to be able to make that linguistic jump. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that that's an attempt that people have to want to mold, use language to mold how folks perceive something. I don't know that I can do that, though. But okay, <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there since, that, since, since where this topic came from was the discussion that you talked about, Tom. Oh, but it wasn't with your wife. I'm not saying it was. No, oh, no, no. I'm not saying it was. But but in the tradition of 
it coming out of your discussion with somebody who had an objection to that. I'm just throwing this in. That, that, that's how the community that deals with disabilities sort of deals with these things. All right. Well, I do apologize to that community if it feels like I'm being insensitive. I don't intend any such thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so fair enough. There's no apology necessary. I'm just giving okay. you more information. Okay, good. I don't like to use the word apology. I prefer the term forbearance. <laughs> uh, all right, so any questions? Seems pretty straightforward. Does being yeah, gay like count it. as a disability? It's being what? Baked. Oh, I thought you said gay. <laughs> I was about to say, jeez, oh, Kelly. I, I, I would never I, laugh at that. You, you made me, I, like, I was already worried about, uh, can, I, can, can I bring this up? Is Kelly going to... Is Kelly going to screw this up? And uh, I thought you... Well, I was, was going to screw it up instead. <laughs> well, that's because I thought... Right, exactly. Okay. I was expecting the worst from Kelly Wand, and look what happened. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Kelly Wand, do you have a can anecdote by any chance? I gave you two already. Don't be so fucking greedy all the time. Jesus. All right. I thought you might want to go for a trifecta. What were the two you gave us? Uh, the people going, uh, at Prometheus. <laughs> what was the other one? Just for uh, uh, The White House was burned by... Ah, right. Yes. yes. Ah, you Sorry. feathered them in. I nice. All right. That's a, Actually, that's a racist term. Uh, Dingus, do you happen to have a Winectodote? Oh. Winnetka-dote <laughs> this week. Um, yes, I do. Uh, I went for a walk with my dog to this morning, Euphemism. and a little chihuahua that had only one eye attacked us. Euphemisms. <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable hearing it. I, feel, I, I normally hate chihuahuas. My heart goes out to the chihuahua. Yeah, so this is a chihuahua with a disability. Right. right. I feel no, it's a disabled chihuahua. It's like one inch high, and, and nobody was looking after it. No collar, mangy looking, and uh, one eye. But it looked like it looked like one eye had been sh sewn shut. Because I actually have a cat in my backyard that has one eye, but you kind of can see this glassy weirdness. Dingus, you're bumming me out. Come on, tell me a happy yeah. wouldn't it? Tell us about your three-eyed cats. We feel good about it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you about my three-eyed cat. Whoa, whoa. Not a euphemism. On that note, next week we will be seeing Brave. Oh, uh, no. Some of what? us have already seen it, by the way. Uh, Kelly Wand will be seeing Brave, and the three of us will be talking about it. I don't see... I only see movies about male protagonists who are cowards. Usually. Not this week. Except this week you will have to make an exception, Kelly Wand, to your normal rule. Because otherwise, Kelly Wand is all, I don't want to see Magic Mike. I'm threatening yeah. male strippers. I refuse to see a Soderbergh movie if it's going to be about male strippers. And romantic comedy. That's I'm not. It's too. I'm over. Oh, come on. What are you What are you doing? Did you? What am I going to say about it? What did you what? see? Did you see Cruising? How many fucking Channing Tatum movies do I have to see this year that I liked? All of them. Yeah, exactly. All of them. Haywire. I, I would say with Haywire and uh, Jump Street, Twenty One Jump Street. Uh, you're you're He's batting the funniest man in America. America. Yeah. Right, yeah. but I want to see him take his clothes off. I've seen it already. It's, if he's going to bang Ellie Kemper, at least, I mean, then I get something out of it. All right, I'll see it. <laughs> All right, so next week, join us for our Magic Mike. So is next week going to be our Magic Mike podcast? No. <sighs> really? <laughs> no, I just thought you were... He's just committing to eventually see it. He's not going to podcast about it. All right. Well, next week, see Brave, uh, because most of us have seen it, and we'll be discussing it next week, as well as our 3 by 3 of characters. But feel free to mention Magic Mike. Maybe we'll have a Magic Mike sidebar. Who knows? I like that. 
I have to admit, though, Kelly Wan, I would be looking for. I don't. I don't know anything about Magic Mike, but knowing your objections to it, I now want to hear a Magic Mikeopsis. That's true. You know what? I'd rather write that than the Brave Opsis. All right, Magic Mike. Let's nope. Go. We're seeing what? Brave. We're seeing Brave. Because Kelly, uh, uh, what's his name? Because I screwed you I, out of. No, Dingus and I were going to talk about Brave up front. Uh, well, you know, you need to see. That Bra- was stupid, though. That was Oops. a dumb idea. To talk about Brave up front? No, to talk about Brave and Lincoln, like they have anything in common. Just well, no, we were just convincing because I'm pretty sure we both loved Brave, and we just were going to mention that before we started uh, because we saw it. And I actually got to see it with uh, Dingus's son, and oh. that, that made it. Uh, and you're not allowed to not like it. Eh, Brave sucked. <laughs> well, now I want to know what you think of it. So by the way, that's the kid t- saying, and then Tom crying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, Dingus did. I thought it was funny that Dingus confessed that he cried when one of the dwarfs died in Snow White the Huntsman. I would never confess to such a thing. But if such a thing were to happen in a movie, it may or may not have happened during Brave. I just want to. <laughs> that's all I'm saying about that. Uh, so join us next week. We will talk about Brave, and we will check in to see whether or not Kelly Wand has seen Magic Mike. Uh, and we will do our three-by-three three of uh, favorite characters with disabilities. I am Tom Chick. I have been joined by Christian Mil- Mil- Milansky. It's Christian Morowski. And Kelly Wand. I cried when Inch High Private Eye got canceled. <laughs> Kelly, how do you feel about hearing this now that you live in Canada? You know, I know it's fashionable lately to hate on Abraham Lincoln, but fuck you. I like Abraham Lincoln, the president. Wait a minute. Who's hating on Abraham Lincoln? You guys, America. We're hating on the bad No, I can't wait to see a Daniel Day-Lewis Abraham Lincoln movie. No, that would be awesome. Say that. No. It's right. it's the terminal, but with Daniel. Oh God. I consider Lincoln my eighth favorite president after Taft and Vampires, my fourth favorite monster from the Twilight movies after Mummies, Piranha, and Kristen Stewart. I shall always think of you as a man who battles darkness.